This is a Pivotal Conversations podcast. Hello and welcome to the Girl Fit Method podcast. I'm your host, Natasha Wakefield, and I am here to help you take charge of your health, get empowered, and ultimately become the best version of yourself. Let's go. Hello and welcome back to the Girl Fit Method podcast. So on today's podcast episode, I have the incredible Nikki Chamberlain, online health and mindset coach. Hello and welcome, Nikki. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. My absolute pleasure. We've gone back and forth so much in recording this podcast episode. We've had to cancel, reschedule, and I think it's been my fault the whole time. So my apologies. I'm very happy that we've finally jumped on this zoom call to record this podcast episode it's taken a bit yeah me too thank you so much like I said um thank you for giving me this opportunity like a little bit fangirling so (laughs) (laughs) I've been devouring your podcast before so I'm like oh this is a little bit special (laughs) oh look I love it it's it's always a little bit nerve-wracking like doing podcasts I think now I'm just at the point where like you know I I do it so much so it's just like second nature but Mm -hmm. even I'm on a podcast on somebody else's podcast next week and I'm feeling a little bit nervous too so it's it's can feel a little bit scary but I hope you feel comfortable I'm very easygoing and I'm excited for this conversation so let's get stuck into it first of all I want everyone to learn a little bit more about you so tell us who you are what you do um yeah the elevator pitch, sure. Uh, yes. <laughs> First of all, I am a mum. I've got two little girls, so I'm very, very grateful. I know that, like, you know, everyone says that their kids are the best, but, like, mine actually are most of the time. They're lovely. Um, I am a wife. I like to read. Um, and I try to just balance it all, you know, balls in the air, smashing everywhere, dropping them. But, you know, it seems to work. Um I am actually a high school teacher as well. So I obviously became a high school teacher straight out of high school myself, did my degree, was teaching and um, just found a passion for pastoral care. So that's kind of like the the added responsibility positions that you can have where, you, you know, you sit down with the girls and chat about the things and help them, you know, compartmentalize it all and realize that they don't have to live up to certain things and how to deal with the problems and all that kind of stuff um and then when I was pregnant with my first daughter I did my personal training certificate so I could do you know a bit of mums and bubs and whatever and now I kind of merge the two so I don't actually train face to face anymore um I've got the best of both worlds so I've kind of taken or leveraged off my teaching degree I suppose to and my experience to create um an online course that I run concurrently with clients so I have like a 12-week program um and I've just added a group coaching program to it it's amazing we have these group zoom calls and everyone like these women these women who don't even know each other um and the way they talk to each other it's like oh tears it's amazing so yeah I'm very very grateful right now I um do a day or so relief teaching but my business is growing enough so that I will hopefully be able to transition to my business completely next year so very exciting 
very exciting yeah yeah it is yeah it's, it's really amazing I see a similar thing with our girls when they actually start to encourage each other and share their own experiences there's something really beautiful about that peer-to-peer or you know if you're going through something you're currently going through something it it feels the whole situation feels so real and so the advice that you can give and even just the comfort to say hey like I know exactly what you're going through right now it's just like so it's so comforting and to see that with your clients is just so heartwarming so I can completely understand where you're coming from and um, I know a big part of what you do is mindset coaching as well which you know we're really big on I think that's as you would probably agree really pivotal to any kind of transformation Um, but before we get into that I kind of want to dive a little bit deeper into your story so what has brought you to the position that you're in right now um, to be doing what you're doing? As in what made me kind of decide to change to my business, I suppose, rather than teaching. Yeah, yeah like I said before, oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say, I really have found that majority of people that get into this industry usually get into it because they've experienced some kind of um they've gotten lost along the way and then they have found really what's worked for them and then have felt so like just motivated to then be able to help others so um I'm not sure if that's been your situation but if it has yeah okay about it yeah yeah sorry here I am being a little bit like right-brained like very able and structured um no exactly I am you know in my 30s and up until recently I have literally spent decades of my life, more than half of my life, for lack of better words, obsessed with food and dieting and, quote, rules. Um, And it's just all-consuming, all-consuming when you're constantly thinking about, can I eat this? Should I do that? Oh, I know they say I should be eating more, but I'm too scared to eat more. And, And when you actually kind of and you know logically that you need to do these things, right? You need to try the things that are different. But when you just are flooded with all of this stuff on your feed or in the media saying that you are abnormal, this is what you need to do, it's hard not to be conditioned to think that, right? Mm. So exactly. So I've had, you know, I, I know, and let me start off by saying um, I do know that I am quite privileged in the sense that I have a body type that most people would deem as, you know, um, appropriate. And I probably can't empathise in some sense with some of your listeners or some of our listeners. Um, But to to feel constantly deflated and constantly exhausted because you're trying and trying and trying fat after fat after fat and it doesn't work, like I've been there, I understand what it feels like. And it wasn't until I started doing, I suppose, some like inner work myself and that led me to try, adopt more of a growth mindset and educate myself a bit more and try things that sounded scary um, such as, do you know what? I'm on a quote diet and I'm going to go out and eat the pasta anyway. And when you start looking at food in that way, like you stop viewing food with scarcity, right? So you go out, if you're on a weight loss journey or a fat loss journey, but you allow yourself not to be perfect, I guess is what I'm saying, then you're less likely to slip up and you're more likely to stay compliant. You're more likely to hit your goals. And most importantly, you give yourself permission not to be perfect. Mm. And it just takes that pressure off. So I really, really just try to educate women and show them that it doesn't, it can be easy. It can be easy to feel happy and it can be easy to feel confident and it can be easy to find things that you love about your body, despite what everyone seems to be saying. Okay. So as you're saying that, I'm just 
envisioning a whole bunch of girls going, yeah, that's easy to say. But mm-hmm. right now I'm sitting here completely confused, overwhelmed. I don't like the way I look. In fact, I hate myself. And I'm in maybe this situation where I feel like I cannot break out of this binge restrict, constantly thinking about food. And, you know, I can really empathize with you and I resonate with your story because it's quite similar to mine, right? And when I was in the thick of it, it felt like things were never going to get better. Like how on earth will I ever get rid of this? Like when will food not become my life and the hatred that I have for my body not become all-consuming? For you in your story, what did that look like? So how did you get from that to where you are now? I, to be honest, um, I probably accepted the fact that asking for help isn't a weakness. Like I invested so much money, so much time, so much emotional commitment on all of these different programs and, and booklets and apps and everything that promised the dream, like promised what I wanted, where I wanted to be, like that future me. And um, I think what was consistent amongst all of those things was that they were very externally motivated, right? So they required you to prep the food or read this document or log this into an app, but nothing ever really helped me find an internal reason why or helped me kind of overcome my limiting beliefs and the things that I didn't even realise were holding me back, like the little thing, the default things that I automatically did to self-sabotage. I invested in a mindset coach myself and she helped me discover all of these things. And I guess, oh, I guess if I were to sum it up, the probably one of the most important things she taught me to do was to reframe things. So whenever you hear that little voice inside of your head that says, oh, you always fail, you're going to fail at this way, even bother, like working through a strategy to reframe that and almost like removing the ego, do you know what I mean? Like removing the emotion, listening to it as if it was somebody else. Like if your friend said that to you, you would provide evidence in to prove it wrong, right? You'll go, well, no, you don't. Look at X, Y, Z. And I've kind of tried to apply that. I tried to apply that strategy to myself. And it was very hard to start with. And it is still really hard right now, especially when new, you know, limiting beliefs or ideas come up, like particularly in regards to business. Like that's something that I'm quite, I feel quite novice at by comparison. Um, But the more you do anything, it becomes automatic, right? Um, So I guess, yeah, working through that and and the key way, again, that I've been taught and the way that I teach is to find evidence. So um, I don't know if you've heard of the, the term confirmation bias. Like it, it basically means for anyone who doesn't hasn't heard it, it means that your mind will find whatever it seeks, right? So right now I'm going to say like, I don't know, red car, red car, red car, red car. I bet tomorrow everyone's going to see red cars. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. haven't for ages, but because I've said it, you're going to see red cars, right? Yeah. So if you are in this frame of mind where you think you're a failure and you think you're never going to get there, your mind, it's not dumb. Like it's there to protect you, right? So it's going to find evidence to affirm that. So it takes work to do the opposite. But if you start looking for evidence of the opposite, like of the future you that you want to become, and you start finding that evidence, you'll start seeing more and more and more of it. And 
it's quite unusual for us as adults because we're like, oh, I don't want to do homework. But when you start doing things like journaling or even just taking notes on your phone, like an evidence log, you will, honest to God, be surprised. And I know that some people right now be rolling their eyes at the idea of journaling or affirmations. But I mean, really, what's the worst thing that can ha- like happen right now? You, you feel a bit silly and you waste a few minutes of your life. But like, what's the best thing that can happen? You discover a new practice that like literally changes your mind. Mm, yeah. Yeah, it's, I think we undervalue the power of that. I think what can happen as well is when you're in that mindset of, um, in particular, let's talk about body image, right? So you're so hung up and so focused on not liking yourself that you make really drastic decisions. So instead of going about things the right way, and to be honest with you, I know this is a very annoying answer, but usually the result of the the ability of you achieving your physique goals is going to come down to your mindset I know that's really annoying to hear but it's true if you're not in the right mindset you know what you might diet down you might lose the weight but I can guarantee you you are going to gain that weight back or you're going to form a terrible relationship with food if you're going into it with that mindset right and sometimes it's about taking two steps back to be able to take one step forward in any kind of physique goal. So if your mindset's not strong and you haven't worked on that and you are completely negative about yourself constantly, you have terrible thoughts rolling around in your mind and you believe those thoughts, then you that becomes your reality. And it's funny, I kind of was just speaking with a friend about this, that we can have and we will have negative thoughts all the time. I have negative thoughts pop into my head, even about the way that I look. Like I, I do all the time doesn't ever really go away but you be, you get better at managing it and also you don't need to believe that and that's what people need to realize it's not about eliminating all negativity in your mind because when we live in a society that tells us we need to be a certain way and none of us can really be that way right you can feel like you don't match up so if we listen to that all the time and and even if we have the best self confidence on the planet it can affect you still it can still affect you but the cool thing is is that we each individual is in control of their own life and the way that they feel about themselves. But I don't think women understand that. I think they aren't even aware of the negative thoughts that are spiraling in their mind 24-7. And the beautiful thing about journaling is that you can actually kind of do a bit of a brain dump. And sometimes it's about, oh, wow, I, I actually do think that way about myself. Oh, I do tell myself that all the time. Or I, I tell myself I'm not worthy of X or um, there's no way that I would achieve this or I'm not good enough. And because it's been replayed in our mind year after year after year after year, we've just believed it. We don't even realize that we're telling ourselves that all the time. And so exercises like that around sitting back and actually being aware of the thoughts that we're thinking is so powerful. Mm, It's almost like, um, you know, when you have those conversations with friends, like you said, like you have just had, and they blow your mind, that's almost what journaling is. You have that conversation with yourself. Because we're busy people, like we're always on. We're always doing, I reckon, three minimum things at a time. We might be cooking dinner and the mental to-do list is in our head and we're hearing a notification go off on our phone and we're checking and it's like you never, ever, ever in with your own thoughts and the only time we ever are just with our thoughts is when we're in bed trying to go to sleep and we're like, oh, I've got to go to bed. I've only got seven hours left. got to go to bed. So you never actually deal with those thoughts. And like you were saying, Tash, you know, these thoughts, they're just thoughts. And that isn't to to devalue the way that anybody is feeling. Like your thoughts are real. And if they are painful, they are painful. But they are just thoughts. They are not fact. Yeah. They you you have been made to feel this way 
for whatever reason. You've been conditioned to feel this way. So you can therefore change your perception, like draw comfort in that fact, you know, if, if you actively want to. And, yes, it will be hard sometimes, but if you want to change the way that you feel about yourself and talk to yourself, it can be done just like you have been taught to feel this way about yourself. Yeah, absolutely. It's bloody hard though. I'll be honest with you Mm -hmm. because it's human nature to just want to wallow. Even like how good does self-pity feel? Like when you're Mm -hmm. really upset or like, you, I don't know, like I even think about when I was younger and the worst kind of item to shop for is jeans. Am I right? Am I right? Am I right? Actually, jeans and swimwear, the worst. (laughs) And I'll tell you, I don't know what kind of lighting they put in change rooms, but it's horrendous. And it always makes you look like it's just not flattering. And I remember like so many times of going shopping, not finding anything and then just feeling so bad about myself. And there is something comforting in wallowing in that. Yeah, I am fat. Yeah, I am ugly. Yeah, I look terrible. But there is no gratification that we get from going, "Uh uh-uh, no, I'm not. I am worthy. No, I actually have a really healthy body. You know, maybe I was just having an off day. Maybe the lighting was terrible. That actually takes a lot more effort than it does just to feel Mm. really negative and have negative thoughts about yourself. So it's kind of like we are conditioned to kind of just move towards those negative thoughts. And it takes a lot of energy and a lot of mental energy to kind of switch that around. Oh, for sure. And like, you know, you're just talking about shopping for jeans and it's inbuilt in us. Like my daughter cries and she stares at her reflection. <laughs> She's like, this is great wallowing in my pity. Um, but yeah, exactly what you said. And as women, you know, we are self-deprecating. We're in Australia anyway. We have this tall poppy syndrome, but women tend to be self-deprecating. Like if you if someone says to you, oh, you look like you're so strong or you look great, what do we do? We make a joke about ourselves or we go, oh, you should have seen me this morning. We cannot accept compliments from other people, let alone ourselves. Like you said, we don't know how to do that. And add to that, it's just normalised for, um, I'm listening to this audio book at the moment. It's really, really great for anyone. I'm <laughs> just giving a, a plug to it. Um, it's called Raising Girls Who Like Themselves. And it's about obviously raising your children, but um that I'm listening to it I'm like oh my god that is me that is wow Mm. anyway they're talking about um there's this new term um that some psychologists come up with called fat chat and it's basically the way that women bond women bond talking about their weight and they bond by degrading their weight so if anyone has for example joined a new club so maybe maybe think of like a mother's club if you're a mum um you join a mum's group and you might all be sharing food And we go, oh, no, I can't have that. I'm on a diet. And if you do, you go, oh, I'm being naughty. And and women bond about how much weight they're still carrying after a baby or, you know, it's just it's normalised. So no wonder, no wonder we feel no, we feel awkward even like being proud of ourselves or noticing the things that aren't flaws because we have normal bodies. Everyone has normal bodies. Everyone, almost every single person has cellulite, right? Almost every single person. Everyone's got underarm hair. Most people have stretch marks. But we feel like that's abnormal. You know, the normal has become abnormal. Mm, Absolutely. As you're talking, it's so funny because there is something incredibly threatening as a female, and I want all the girls to think about this who are listening. If you come across a girl who is very confident in the way that she looks, and I'm not just talking about someone that is beautiful from um, society standards. This is just someone who might not have the body, but they think they are the shiz, right? And you say something to them and they, you know, you compliment them or they really 
just talk about how they like themselves. Do we feel uncomfortable? Yes. We don't really like it. And why is that? Because I feel like we think we feel threatened mm. by that. Confidence can feel really threatening as a female. Um, mm-hmm. And I think the fact that where a lot of us are programmed to be self-deprecating, like you did say, is kind of the norm, is kind of like mm. well, every girl should should say that. And as soon as you hear, um, I, I've just got in mind a few um, influences actually that I follow who I would say are quite confident and a lot of women don't like that. And I think it's really important for us to sit back and think about why that is. Like, why can't we just be proud of ourselves? And I'm not talking about being arrogant or feeling like you're better than Mm. anybody else because that's actually not true confidence. But when you're really confident in yourself, why can't we be like, yeah, look in the mirror. I think I look great. Yeah, I am really strong. Yeah, I work really hard. Yeah, I am really smart. Why can't we hear more of that? That's what I want to hear anyway. And um, Mm. I guess like for me, maybe when I was younger, I think that would have threatened me. Absolutely. Because it kind of reflects back on you. You think, oh, well, that person's more confident than I am. Like it just kind of highlights how much you don't feel good about yourself. Where when Mm. you start to feel more comfortable in your own skin, you kind of celebrate that. You celebrate um, the confidence other women have. I bloody love it. I bloody love it when I see girls own, you know, the hard work that they've done and what they've achieved. That to me now, when I can look at that is inspiring. Because I go, do you know what? If you've done that, I can do that. But in yes. the past, I haven't viewed it that way. I've gone, oh, mm-hmm. they have that. They feel that way about themselves. This is where I lack. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like you said, rather than viewing it as lack, you can view other women um, who are overly, or not overly, rather, even that is is, a, <laughs> is wrong, as women who are confident, rather than viewing them as someone who threatens you or perhaps reveals something that, you know, um, you trigger something in you, view it as change comparison or or jealousy or or you know critique change that to misplaced inspiration like look at this woman as proof like that women can achieve this it is humanly possible for people to or you to achieve this mm. or do that or say this or smile like that you know view it as proof that you can do that too because she's a human you're a human yeah, absolutely. And that's comparison, right? So comparison is when we look at somebody and we think we're not them and that makes us feel bad about ourselves. Mm. Biggest game changer for me. And you just mentioned business and I, I don't talk about business much on here, but what's really interesting is very similar to you in that body image was a massive issue for me a while ago. And I feel like, you know, obviously I have days and I, I talk about this all the time. I have days when I feel like I look in the mirror and I'm like, ugh, you know, and that's mm. not. I accept that, but that doesn't really uh, control my life. Where moving into business is business is really difficult, right? And it is so easy to compare yourself to other people. And at the beginning of my journey in business, I would do that and then I would feel discouraged. And it's the same when you look at a girl who's really beautiful or you think is quote unquote goals. And then you you look at that and that makes you feel terrible about yourself. The ability and the power to stop comparing yourself and understand that that's that person I need to own all that I am. It is me versus me. No matter how much I look externally, you spoke about this earlier, it's what's inside. It's intrinsic. You know, what is our why? Why are we feeling this way? Why is it when I look at this girl, I feel inadequate? Why is that? Is it because I don't feel good enough? Well, yeah, it usually does. And why do I not feel good enough? And that's when we really need to dig into that deeper work. And that's where full circle things like journaling can be really, really important and helpful. Yeah, for sure. And 
finding that evidence and like creating that evidence as well. So um, again, you know, prior to my starting my business, I would never have done or posted a lot of the stuff that I do now, but I talk the talk, so I've got to walk the walk, right? So a year ago, I would never, ever, I would have checked photos before they went up. Um, I would never have posted some of the photos and the stories that I do. But, you know, I kind of had to take that step, not because I wanted to, but because I was like, well, I'm telling women they should, you know, just do scary things. And I swear to God, I am so grateful, so grateful that I felt forced to do that because it is, it has been creating my own evidence has been the single most impactful thing in my life. Like, I'm not going to stand here and pretend that like my cellulite doesn't bother me. Like bloody oath, it bothers me. Like <laughs> it's always there. Like I'm just, everyone has it in different ways. I'm just one of those women who has it regardless of how lean I, how I, how lean I get. And I used to always hide it, but now I'm like, whatever, I just wear the shorts, you know, gym like downlighting. It's wicked, right? For showing your gains, but it's freaking horrendous for showing so like, like, absolutely. Stuff. I agree, Nikki. So very similar to you. I'm a very small person. I have very low body fat percentage, but I tell you, I probably have more cellulite than the majority of girls that are much heavier than me. It is genetic. I've had it since I was you really young. Doesn't mm-hmm. matter when, even when I was sick with my eating disorder, I was so skinny. I was like, so underweight what was still on my legs bloody Mm -hmm. cellulite and at that Mm -hmm. point I realized oh okay this is not going away (laughs) no matter Mm -hmm. how much weight I lose no matter how much exercise I do so what's my choice do I accept it well I'm just gonna have to accept it and I think Mm -hmm. it's about understanding you don't need to love every part of you but you are you right and there's some parts about you that you just cannot change the only thing that you can do the only part that you are in control of is the way that you view that and it has to come down to changing the way that you view that otherwise you need to settle for living a life where you are boxed in where you feel like you are not good enough ever and you're not really living you're not thriving Mm, exactly and like for anyone who needs to hear this like you are you are just good enough, like just as you are. You are perfect just as you are. You ask the people, think about a card, right? Like who, whose opinion do you care about? You ask your, your your parents or your siblings or your friends or your kids or your partner, whoever it is that you care about, whose opinion you care about, they will say that you are perfect just as you are. And that doesn't mean that you can't have goals that will change your body composition, but they are disassociated from your value as a human being Mm. and that's where people go wrong and we often set these goals that are extrinsically motivated Tash like you were saying like oh I want to lose 10 kilos 10 kilos isn't going to make you happy because you're going to reach that 10 kilos and then you're going to go okay well I'm just going to move that bar because I still feel shit inside like it doesn't matter it doesn't matter and so you need to start surrounding yourself with things or people that are making you feel normal so the people who do like you said show your cellulite or show the chin hair or you know whatever it is that you feel horrendous about (laughs) I know okay since I turned 30 I don't even know what's happened oh I had it from about 12 it's the Greek genes in me Wait, mate, I'm Portuguese. I have more hair okay. everywhere. You, you feel it too. <laughs> we both feel it. But, yeah. you know, it's just like, yeah, and there's no answer. Like people are probably going to get frustrated listening to me bang on right now. Like how, how, how? There is no perfect answer because you are all different. 
like yeah. the way in which you learn to you know love yourself or give yourself the courage to try new scary things everybody is different and that's why you need to adopt I suppose accept your weaknesses rather than you know asking those um or oh, why why can't I do this or when will this happen change those to what or how like how can I do this what can I do differently who can I ask and start doing the things that are scary you know wear the shorts no one's going to give a crap at the gym if you sell your lights out. Honestly, if anyone's looking at you at the gym, it's either because they're watching what you're doing and they're like, that looks cool, or, hey, what's the logo on those shorts? Like, they're really cool. I want to get a pair. Nobody cares. Do you know but what? But do you know what's going to matter? Hey? Sorry. No, I, was say, sorry. I was just <laughs> thinking, do you know what's really cool is that I'm telling you the majority of girls, let's just say you wore shorts and you had cellulite, yeah. right? Yeah. I'm telling you that every girl looking at you is not going, oh, my gosh, she has cellulite. They're going, oh, thank goodness she has cellulite. I have cellulite too. I look like that. Yes. And maybe if she wears shorts, maybe I can wear shorts. That is what every girl is thinking because we constantly look at each other and compare ourselves. So if mm. you can influence someone positively like that through making that really um, brave decision to do that, yes. like how incredible. Yes, yes, exactly. And add to that, like, Imagine what that's going to do for you. Like you've worked up in your head for months, maybe even years that you can't wear certain things and then you do the, the scary thing and like what's going to happen? Like you didn't get eaten by sharks, like nothing bad happened. All that happened was that you learned, holy crap, I did something and damn, I felt good and look at me, I can do more scary things. And then it's just like a snowball in that direction. Yeah, you build confidence. As you begin mm. to do that, you build confidence in yourself. Look, you know, and I know that it's much easier said than done, especially when we live in a society that tells us that we're not good enough constantly. But ultimately, we need to shut off those external voices. And like you said, making sure that you're surrounding yourself with people that lift you up. And unfortunately, there is going to be people in your life that don't lift you up, right? That for whatever reason, like we just touched on before, are going to have their own hangups and don't want to see you succeed because that's threatening to them. And they are the people that we need to get rid of, right? They're not the helpful people. But in some instances, sometimes we can't because sometimes they're family mm. members. And that's where it's going to become very important to be, to set boundaries, to be mindful of the people that you allow to influence yourself. But ultimately, you need to become your own best friend and you need to set those boundaries but also understand that you're in control of the way that you view yourself and it's a journey though you know it doesn't happen overnight but we need to start now and I guess like that's what I'd love to know from you I guess for anyone listening they're in this mm -hmm. position where they're self-loathing they're feeling so frustrated they're in this really toxic cycle of dieting or just like you know just not liking themselves let's break it down and make it really actionable so what are three actionable steps that we could give someone today that they could implement First thing, I would encourage you to start an evidence log, okay? So pen to paper, notes in your phone, all the stuff that proves what a great person you are, what a great, awesome, friendly, kind, empathetic, amazing person you are. And you have to write it down. You can't just think it because it's all well and good to think it right now when you're optimistic, but what happens in three weeks when you're feeling really bad about yourself, it's not there. So you need to go back and read it. So that would be my first thing. Uh, my second thing would perhaps be to do a cull of what you're absorbing, you know, without even realising it. Um, who, Anytime you see anything that triggers you, like, oh, that makes me feel crap about myself, delete it, delete it. And that includes searching things, you know, like the Instagram and the Facebook algorithms, they're very clever. If you've been searching, you know, how can I lose weight? Um, all the ads that are going to be popping up in your feed are going to be about losing weight. 
Yeah. <laughs> so that would probably be the second one. So I've got creating an evidence log, um, culling what you see and what you absorb. Um, what would be a third one? A third one is going to be, okay, sorry. So those first two are more intrinsically motivated. They're setting the groundwork, right? So now I will give you a third one that's just going to help those. So you've started to get the really deep reasons why you're awesome and, you know, amazing and, and you know, you have to do this because the plan B, there is no plan B. You can't have a plan B anymore. You need to improve your health and your self-esteem and your confidence, right? The third thing, you're just going to support it with practical things. So look for areas of friction. Where are the thing, Where are the areas that you're more likely to slip up? Is it, I don't know, um, snacking while you're cooking dinner? And then put in little 1% changes that will help you be compliant, right? So for that, you might, I don't know, have a chewy while you cook. You're not going to eat while you have a chewy. Um, if it is that you have ice cream after dinner and you have so much why don't you go, okay, well, I am going to have ice cream after dinner every single night, but I might buy a paddle pop because it's portion controlled. You know, so you've got your deep, intrinsic, motivating reasons and then just little things. So I think people often try to make two bigger changes, you know. Oh, I get up at 7, but I'm going to get up at 4.30 as of tomorrow. It's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> so little things, little one percenters, they all add up to 100 yeah, it's like those little practical things that are achievable and sustainable. But sometimes what we yeah. do is we go from zero to 100. We're either on or we're off. And when we feel mm. like, you know, we set these really high lofty goals and we can't achieve them because they're just unrealistic, we fall off the bandwagon mm. completely. And it's like, mm. no, 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 no. We can't be going from zero to 100. Like we we're, we want to be somewhere in the middle and setting up those achievable little practical steps can be really important. Well, you yeah. have given us some like incredible value um, and I know that this is going to resonate with so many of our listeners, but I want people to know where they can find you. Where can we find you, Nikki? Um, well, when I'm not cleaning this horrendously messy house, <laughs> um, I do hang out most of the time on Instagram. That's where I communicate and let people know of specials and wait lists and whatnot. So um, they can find me at Nikki C Coaching on Instagram. So N-I-K-K-I-C Coaching. Beautiful. And I'll make sure to link that in the show notes. Thank you so Thank much for you. your time again. Loved it. Thank you so much for listening to this week's podcast episode. How incredible is Nikki? Like her energy is just absolutely unreal. Now, before I go, I'm going to answer a listener question for this week. Now, this one has come from Olivia McGabe on Instagram. Now she talks about, it is quite a long question. I'm just going to cut it up a little bit and summarize it. So essentially she tends to build muscle quite quickly, in particular in her legs and her shoulders. Um, she rarely works out her lower body purely for the fact that she doesn't want to build muscle. Um, and she has said she wants to lose muscle from her legs. Is there any way of doing this? Now, this is a great question. And I do sometimes get questions like this, like, how do I lose muscle? I feel like I'm too muscular. And I think you can definitely lose muscle. And the way that you would do that is just like eating in a calorie deficit and hardly eating any protein. That'll definitely get rid of muscle. The problem with that is that when you potentially gain weight, you're just going to be gaining fat. So your body composition is going to change, right? So you're just swapping out that muscle for fat, essentially, which is not really going to make you look any better. So there's that and you've got that option. However, what I would just say to you, Olivia, and anyone else that resonates with this is that sometimes it's just a matter of coming to terms with the way that our body is. Some people will build muscle easier. It just is the way that it is, right? And you can't quite change that. And so sometimes it's about just re 
change the way that we think about our bodies. And instead of trying to fit a mold or trying to hope that we will look a certain way through dieting down and losing muscle, maybe that's not actually possible. Maybe it's a matter of actually just accepting what you've got and learning to work with it. And that doesn't mean you need to go and like try to build as much muscle as possible in your lower body, but it might just mean like, okay, well, let's just do movement and exercise to be overall like healthy and have a balanced physique. Absolutely. But I might not ever be able to achieve that really like lean look in my lower body. And that's just because I tend to build muscle more there. And maybe that's just where I hold body fat more. And there's nothing much you can do with that, which I know is really annoying, but I think every single one of us has hangups about our body. Like there's things that we would all like to change, but at some point, unless you go and get some cosmetic surgery, but even in like this situation, there's nothing much that cosmetic surgery can do, right? Like what are your options? You just completely starve yourself. I'm telling you right now, Olivia, you're not going to be happy if you just lose a lot of muscle because you're not actually going to look the way that you're hoping you're going to look, if that makes sense. That would look, that would be my recommendation. I know it's hard, but this is just the journey and the process of accepting who we are and making the best decisions we possibly can for our overall health and from a place of self-respect and care for our bodies. So let me know if you want me to expand on that. I get, I do get that question quite a bit and maybe I can delve into that a little bit more in a separate podcast episode. All right, guys, as usual, please take a screenshot of this episode, share it onto your stories, leave us a rating and review. It all means the absolute world. And you know, I love all of you so, 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 so much. All right, that's it from me. Until next week, big love, Coach Tash.